Because I think our great temptation as humans is to try to make people in our image. Right. Instead of empower them to fully become a reflector of the image of God in them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends, we are back with you for another episode in our series about loving like Jesus. Last week, we talked about loving people who disagree with us. So we hope you'll listen to that one if you have not yet. We also have Richard Eller back with us this week. We are very excited about that. He is a counselor, husband to Susie, an all-around awesome guy that we are very thankful to have his wisdom with us today. So thanks for being with us again, Richard. And I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So here's our confession question. I think this would be a great one to sit with friends or family and to take this just a little bit deeper. Name someone who is different from you in any way that has impacted your faith recently. Um, I have women in my life who are people that I look to for wisdom or guidance, and I tend to be softer, and they're loud, and uh, <laughs> and they're really bold, and they're kind of forceful. And normally, you would think that I would shy away from it, but I delight in it because it's so different. And then while some people might be on edge by that, I'm like, wow, that's really, really incredible. So recently I sat down with someone and I feel like we were very much cut out of the same cloth. And I was like, the difference between you and I is you have a backbone that was reinforced and mine was chipped away. And so I need you to push me and because that's one way of reinforcing that backbone. So in that soft and strong work together, right? And so um, I love it when there's forceful, loud people. And I'm like, that's awesome. You can be loud. (laughs) Um, So I enjoy people who are different that inspire me to be strong in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the person who came to mind is my husband, Mark. Mm -hmm. Um, When we were doing, you know, premarital counseling, we took some assessment and we were very similar until it got to the last part of thinker feeler. (laughs) And he was like off the charts thinker and I was off the charts feeler. And I remember they pointed at the chart and said, this is where you're going to have conflict. Yeah. And that has been true. And what he has taught me is early on in our marriage, I thought his faith would look like mine, which had a lot of emotion in it. Mm You know, and Mark's faith looks like character and integrity. It makes me choke up, but like just being steady and faithful and loving people well. Um, not with always a lot of emotion, but yeah. in this really beautiful, powerful, healing way that I need. And that I know that I need more and more every year we're married. And so... I'm just really grateful for that. And it showed me that faith, you know, sometimes looks like heart, but faith sometimes can start with your head. And that is just as powerful and aligned with who God is. And it's needed in our world. 
just as much. And I've just felt especially grateful for that lately. Yeah, I love that. I I spoke at an event this last weekend in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I was sitting with a couple of women and both of them were in their early 20s. And I began to just listen to their heart for Jesus. And it was was impactful. Mm. (laughs) It was impactful. One of them said something, which is, it's a weird thing to hear when your heart and your body doesn't feel older, but you are older. I mean, that's the deal. I am older. I'm getting older, but I'm sitting with these two 20-somethings, and one of them said, you know, it's really good for me to sit with someone who's older than me to be able to talk freely about what I think about Jesus and my concerns and my heart and just the honesty and the vulnerability and the willingness to take apart the things of faith that seemed confusing to them and just put it out there and say, hey, I don't get this. I don't understand why people say that about this. And I walked away thinking, there was a guardedness around our faith when I was becoming a believer that you couldn't go there. Like, and so I, I just, the freedom that they had to walk into the presence of Jesus and say, I love you, but I don't like this. Can we talk about that? <laughs> really impacted me for sure. So what about you, Richard? Well, for me, consistently, when I notice a real difference is my, go-to is always relational. That's just me. But others are much more factual Mm -hmm. or um, by the book, not some are rigid, but whether it's, it's in the counseling world that I'm in and someone would, some counselors who are amazing follow a very strict protocol in session and they, you know, they're at this stage and they move to this stage and they move, you know, and I'm not that guy. I'm very relational. So I'm making it relational. And that's something that I see that's, that's different than me, but it also can, can fall to my, my faith. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm relational and somebody else is much more doctrinal, Mm -hmm. you know, they understand and they've got some knowledge about teaching in Old Testament and, you know, seminary and all those things. They're just better at that than me and a lot different. And I come from kind of from a relational position. Yeah. But I can see that there's really space for both. Yeah. Well, you know, when we talk about this, we are a very diverse world. And and I think what can happen is we can we can live in a very small world, you know. But the truth is there are people who are older. There are people who are younger. There are people who have different cultural backgrounds that are rich and beautiful. There's different ethnicities. There's, even within our own faith, there are differences within our own faith. We may love Jesus, but believe different on different things. And so I want to be sensitive and gentle with this. But I also think that there's this us versus them trap that we can Mm -hmm. fall into that doesn't look anything like Jesus at all. 
and it can be very limiting. So that's why we're, we're wrestling through this today is how do we love like Jesus with all the, di- the differences and the diversities and the differences of viewing life and the background and experiences that we bring, do we automatically think that they have to be a clone of us to be in our lives? No, but I think that if I'm eating the same food every single day and I'm only using certain spices, like I just, how boring is that? So I think that sometimes we want people to be like us um, because that might make us feel comfortable, but I feel like that's so no, I feel like that restricts us in so many ways um, that I want the spice and I want to experience everybody in a way that I'm like, this is not a threat. This is um, like what Holly's always said is it's not about competition. It's about completion. And like we can be different and complete each other like the body of Christ. We all have different functions, but being different isn't necessarily bad. But I think it's the the way that the world views it or on social media is so loud that if you're different, you're wrong. And I think that that's the wrestles. We want to get out of that and be like, no, you can be different. You can love different, look different, all of that. And there's room for all of us. And I feel like the root of that is often fear. Mm-hmm. Richard, as a counselor, I feel like as humans, we tend to naturally fear what's different. Like we fear change, we fear like our natural response to difference is often, ooh, that makes me a little nervous. Is that true? And if so, why do you think that is? Well, so for both, yes, I, I think that is true because, and, and the, the why do I think that is? It's because we have set up through trial and error are protective moves. And by protective moves, I'm saying this is the thing that I do that makes me feel safe. And if it's a protective move and it makes me feel safe and someone else is different, then that immediately feels unsafe. So my protective move, whatever that is, I believe this way and this these things I'm just dug in right here because I feel safe there. And then if somebody is different, then my protective move says, no, this is safe. That's not safe. Cause I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And this has worked for me. If it hadn't worked for me, I wouldn't have kept doing it. Yeah, you know, I, and again, I, I want to be so sensitive, but I also don't want to, and I don't want to avoid the very reality that we see people all the time. And and I, I'm I'm putting myself in this whole group. We see ourselves, see someone who is different, and we automatically assume that if they're not like us, then. They can't be part of us. I see on social media some of these discussions. I see Richard and I were, um, we went to the gym the other night together and we met this delightful man. And he shared some things about his experience of moving from one area where it was very home, very comfortable, to an area where he was seen as different because of his ethnicity. And he he shared some really painful stuff Mm. with us. And he even said to us, you don't understand. Um, 
I want to cry when I hear when I say this because it's his reality. He said, "You don't understand like the joy I'm finding that you came to me, mm-hmm. and that we're standing here and we're talking, and that like." I usually people go the other way Mm. and that's his reality And this. And so when I think about loving like Jesus and I think about that being in the world and it always has been because Mm. sin is sin. But I think about the fact that on the other side of this conversation, somebody is saying, Susie, you've never walked in my footsteps and you don't understand because of my culture or my ethnicity or the way that God wired me. Or whatever it is, not only do people turn from me, but people of faith turn from me. Mm-hmm. And it hurts my heart. And so, like, that's why I wanted to talk about this today. That conversation has been on my heart, hasn't mm-hmm. it, since since that time? Because um, he even said, he said, you know, I, I went over and I, I got in the hot tub and the whole, there were people who laughed. And he said, like, that's my reality. And that makes me angry and hurt for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we got to see that very much firsthand with we him. We did. You know, it's and to, as, as believers, having empathy for what other people are feeling yeah. is a first step for connection. Yeah. You know. And whenever we see so much division, yeah, I don't think we're seeing very much empathy. Mm-mm. No, and having empathy for that, what that other person's feeling, yeah, that's a first step. And I don't think we're seeing very much Jesus either. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know I brought up this particular incident because Richard and I both got in the car and was like, "Okay, how can we be a really good friend to this to this?" image bearer, this person Mm -hmm. who matters to God. But also I think about somebody being young and being dismissed because they're young or somebody being raised in adverse situations and they come to the table and it's like somehow you don't have what it takes because you're different. You don't have the same background. I mean, this can go in so many different directions. And 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 if I could just. Yeah, please do. One thing that happens is. And and I'm saying this, I'm the only different one in the room. Yeah. But people are dismissed because of their gender. Yeah. They're dismissed because they're a woman. Yeah. And guys, that's not, that's not fair. And I want to have empathy for that. Okay. Yeah. I Thank really you. do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So here we are again. I mean, (laughs) we're all a mess. We're trying to figure this out. How do we love like Jesus? What are some practical ways to truly bring the love of Jesus into a world that is not just diverse? But listen, when you talk about revelations and and the kingdom of heaven is all all nations, all tongues, all, all of us that God created who he saw as beautiful, worshiping together. And Jesus prayer himself was may it be on earth as it is in heaven mm-hmm. like how can we we can't change the whole world but how can we in our own lives love like jesus well i love that you use the term image bearer yeah so that really helps me cuz i think our great temptation as humans is to try to make people in our image right 
instead of empower them to fully become a reflector of the image of God in them. Yes. You know, and so if I find myself thinking, oh, this person, I wish they were more like me. I pause and ask, how can I instead help them become more of who God created them to be? Perfect. And so, yeah. I love that so much. Empathy kicks in. Any like nervousness or fear goes away. Like I'm like, okay, yes, let's figure this out together. Like, how do I see God in you already? And what do you need to become even more of you. Like that is God's design. That mm-hmm. is God's heart. That is yeah. that is what brings the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. to earth mm-hmm. is all of us becoming more of who God created us to be. Yeah. And that is exciting to me. Yeah. And I think another way and is that we can stop being so defensive like Sometimes our defensive move is even bringing up the story about this this beautiful man is that somebody can say, "Ah, you know, no, that wouldn't that doesn't really happen here. I mean, come on now that i I would never do that. Well, that's his real experience, mm-hmm. and it does happen because yeah. it did happen, and i I think rather than trying to come and say, well, from my point of view i don't I don't think that's how it's going to happen." I think we can just be quiet and listen and understand and step into their footsteps, which we can't fully, but to tiptoe in if they invite you in and listen to what they're trying to say and share with you. I think that could be really important too. I think just slow down um, and noticing people. I had experience um, last week where this girl was, she's trying to get to know me and it was in the situation where I came in and she was um, taking care of something for me. And it was just very simple, but we're having a conversation. And then she says, what do you do? And I started talking about what I was doing and what I was working through as far as like trauma and um, processing that through journaling and different things like that. And she just got really quiet. She said, I have trauma too. And so she was like, let me, like, I want to find your blog or your book or all of that. And I just, I said, will you hold my hand? Mm-hmm. You know, and she was like, I was like, just hold my hand, like put your phone down. Like, because I think we're connecting here on our phones, or our devices instead of face to face. And I was like, just hold my hand. Yeah. And she, I think it kind of threw her, but she did. And then I got to look her in the eye and see her and say, and then by the end of it, we were both saying, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And if I would have said, oh, find like, look at your phone. But we were missing the face-to-face interaction. And so I just want to put away all of the distraction and see someone, but even make it a little uncomfortable and like, can I touch her? Like, just hold my hand because you've been traumatized and wounded by people. And I want you to just have a safe hand right now in this moment where I see you. And it's not about agenda. It's just you're so loved and known by God. And um, to me, that was like the best thing that I could have done because I left different she left different and just to see someone and do something about it. Be uncomfortable. People are so worth it. Look them in yeah. the eye and make them. I mean, like maybe don't ask people to hold your hand that don't know you, but <laughs> it was just one of those things I felt led to do because she had trauma and she'd been um, abused and beaten by her mother and she needed a safe woman to just see her yeah, and love her and in that moment, I didn't care. I was like, hold my hand. Like, yeah. you know, let's get weird. This is going to be good. But it was it was beautiful. So just notice people and then do something about it. Yeah. Like you talking with the people 
the man at the gym. See people and get uncomfortable. Approach them. Yeah. What I love most about that is not even so much that he shared the pain, but he shared his story. Mm-hmm. Man, it was fascinating, wasn't it, Richard? There, it was. It was just, you know, having lived in a certain different places across the world and his job and, and the wealth of of just the beauty that he brought, just being him, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was a, it was a really good, we're all standing in a pool. I don't know that we ever <laughs> swam. We ended up just talking for probably 30 minutes or so, but it was really good. Very, very good. And the other thing I would add of what you guys are saying is we see Jesus example mm-hmm. so often is he sought people out. Yeah. You know, he did. He went to the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Yes. He saw the guys that were fishing. Yes. And, and, you know, they didn't come looking for him. Right. He, he came That's to good. them. Yeah. And he just connected. So we yeah. need to be intentional. Yes. To, to broaden our lives, to broaden our circle for yes. sure. Yeah. To be on the lookout for the woman at the well. Yeah. Well, and, and to listen, you know, we can listen and we can learn about different cultures. We can learn about what a 20 something year old is thinking. Like if you're on the other side of this and you're 20 something, like, I want to know, I want to sit with you. I want to hear what your experience is and what you think about Jesus, because you bring something to me. Yeah, I think it's having a posture of curiosity, you know, instead of condemnation or conformity, Mm -hmm. having a posture of curiosity like Jesus did. Yeah, that was really good. And in the really big picture? Yeah. Different is good. So good. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.